everyone. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ad. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Yay! I feel like it's been eons since we've talked. It does feel like it, but it also feels like the summer has just flown by. It does every single year. I know. I need to schedule better, so I feel like there's actually some summertime and sometime during the summer. <laughs> Here's the real question. Are you ready for your girls to go back to school? Um, not really. We still have not really to get through the fair, so we will be doing some 4-H projects this weekend and practicing more cookies and <laughs> At least this next week, I don't have to travel, but the travel schedule has was pretty brutal since we had to push everything into kind of a condensed version. And we're actually podcasting yeah. a little bit early this week because I'm sitting at tennis lessons <laughs> in between all the other stuff. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> if you're at tennis lessons, shouldn't you be playing tennis? Well, Bristol's playing tennis. I'm kidding. It was a joke. Oh, and Mara can say hello. She's here to podcast with us. Hi. Hi, Mara. How are hello. you? Good. Good. You need to come back over so, so we can get has- cupcakes. Jen said you need to come back over to get cupcakes. <laughs> we already got more small cake cupcakes. So we found you out. Didn't share. <laughs> We found a small cakes and champagne when we were at the University of Illinois for Aces Family Academies. Cool. Mara nice. got to go to college last week. I saw that. I wish, was that fun? I wish I could go back to college. You can always go to Aces Family Academies, Kelsey. Yeah, I should. Did she get the full college experience? Well, we stayed in the dorms, although I believe those dorms were way nicer than the ones while we were there, even though we didn't live in the dorms. And we got to go to college. We had... um, We got to play on the stadium. Yes, we did get to play on both Memorial Stadium's football field and on the courts at the State Farm Center. Did she get to go to cams? No, we did not to go to the bar. (laughs) Oh, she did go to 4-H house to see where mommy lived and the fire alarms went off. So they got the true house experience. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but they actually. This... I have quite the story concerning fire alarms in 4-H house, but I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a lot of things about college that just aren't appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> how's the... And we're a whole lot of inappropriate. <laughs> so how's the fair week going, Jen? You know, it's been great for us because we don't have any kids in 4-H anymore. We've, I've still been out there a lot volunteering um, a couple different places, Beef Cattle and Farm Bureau. And I actually got to watch a lot of shows, uh, livestock shows this week, which I always thought I'd have time during the fair if you're there, but you don't. Um, so I enjoyed watching those livestock shows that I've never got to watch before. Um, it has been hot, so hot for the kids and the animals. Um but I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah, it's supposed to be brutal through Sunday. And then come Monday, I think we're supposed to be down in the 70s and 80s, which, just so everyone is aware, will be much more prime season for Tar Spot, in case anybody's been on the lookout. So I need to wait and mow my yard on Monday, not tomorrow? Yes, very much uh, so. Then that's what I'm going to do. 
Karen told me to. <laughs> we, we have our fair in two weeks. And I have to tell you that my anxiety level for being a first year 4-H member and not just a slacking off Clover Buds mom. And my kid <laughs> only has like three projects. And I'm just like, and she, but the thing is, she like reads the stuff she's supposed to do. And she's like, well, I don't want to do it that way. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> not how this works. Well, I want to do this instead. And I'm like, oh my God. I judged a general show 4-H projects last Saturday. And it was so much fun. I enjoy doing it every year. And I can just say, like, those one-on-one interviews with 4-H members, I think, teach them so much. And and they do it year after year so they get more comfortable. I can say that played a huge role in becoming more competent when it came to interviews. And how much, you know, how much do you have to follow the rules or do you reward creativity? I I was told just make sure you know they accomplished all of the checklist items like follow the the book the project book I always give all blues I'm never one to give red because I think a for effort unless you've really screwed something up know it well, or and this is our first it- like full year so I'm hoping that they're you know encouraging and not like well you didn't do well, exactly how you're supposed what- to that's what we're always told in orientation is, you know, especially for the younger 4-H members, give them some slack. And I, I don't care what age they are. I usually do give them slack because they tried. And um, I always ask, I always ask them, did you enjoy this? Would you do it? And some of them were like, no, I didn't enjoy this. I'm like, that's okay. You figured out what you didn't like. Yeah, we only have three projects. So one, she has to bake the cookies, which she's practiced a couple times. The first recipe didn't work out, so we tried the second one, and that one was really good. She took all the cookies, put them two per bag, and then passed them out in the neighborhood to see how everyone liked them. Aww. And then she's into childcare, so we have a neighbor who has um, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby, and so those are kind of her um, test subjects, I would say. (laughs) So she's done a lot of different activities, but we just have to figure out how to put it into a presentation type thing, whether it be a poster. I tried to get her just to do a Google presentation, but um, she wants to do a poster. So we need to figure that out also. And then she, the other one she signed up for was the 300 level cooking project because she liked that you got to set up a display. She's all about designing, you know, place settings and rooms and things like that. But she's complained several times that haircutting is not one of the 4-H projects. (laughs) 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 Or hairstyling, I should say. (laughs) That's cute. And then Mari here is going to take a cover clover bud project. Do you know what you're going to take as your project? What are you taking? I'm taking a clay project. I loved loved my clay project. Which one are you going to take? The leaf one with the little ladybug on it. Oh, she made like a kind of like a jewelry dish kind of thing. So I remember doing clay and putting it in the oven. I think I royally screwed it up somehow, but I'm pretty sure I still got a blue ribbon. So Well, see, she went to clay camp at Kids at Heartland. And so the teacher was an actual ceramics person. And so they did all the work and then she took them home and fired them. Sweet. That's awesome. Oh, or she fired. Well, our fair so. our fair is over with. We had our county fair and 4-H fair. The next thing is Illinois State Fair, which is the middle of August. So that's maybe if she comes to the Illinois State Fair, you should bring her by the livestock shows. We will have to see. What are the dates of that? Do you know off the top of your head? Um I know I will be there August 
um, 11th through the 16th. Okay. I th I think the 4-H general shows the either the 12th or 13th. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. That Please might Google be right. It. These guys actually start school on the 12th. But our 4-H Ooh. fair is August 3rd through the 7th. And we have the biggest 4-H fair, or we used to have the biggest 4-H fair in the U.S. Um, oh. But we only have a 4-H fair. We don't have a county fair in McLean. Mm. And Woodford actually has their fair next week. But theirs is much more strictly 4-H, you know, animals projects, whereas the McLean County Fair has the carnival and the, yeah, but music festival and, uh, you know, tractor pulls and demolition derby. I gotta say, a lot of these county fairs are stepping up their concerts. Like they're getting these huge names, specifically more likely in country music, and bringing them to these small towns. And I gotta say, it's pretty awesome. Who did you guys have at Knox County? We had Josh Turner and oh. Joe Nichols. It was so good. Uh, that probably would be good. Those Josh Turner names. is as gorgeous in print as he is in photos. <laughs> and that's, he has that really deep voice, doesn't he? Yes. You could sing me to sleep and I'd sleep forever. I wish I could tell you who the one is at McLean County, but I it's not somebody that I knew. Whereas Joe Nichols and Josh Turner are older. Um, I believe, isn't Bureau County usually gets a really big name too? Co Cody Johnson was down near Springfield. That's huge. Okay. The one at McLean County might be huge, but I'm not up to speed on some of the newer. Which I got to say, a lot of the local community sponsors these. And it's so good, you know, to see their sponsorship and being active in the community. Because I know it wouldn't happen without them. Yeah. We actually, McLean County teamed up with a nonprofit um, that does, um, basically puts these concerts together in memory of a child that they had lost. Um, mm. So there's some backing with that, too. Jordan Davis? Yeah, I, that's who it is. Yeah. Is that McLean County? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Kelsey, do you know who that is? He's a country singer. He's up and coming. Yeah. Yeah. McLean usually goes for the up and coming ones. Um, but like I said, I generally don't know who they are. <laughs> you know, I want like, like ACDC or Def Leppard. I'd go for Motley Crue too to come to my county fair and let's just have a rock session, I, like I, an I 80s concert. At the Iowa State Fair back in the early 2000s. Like, don't get me wrong, I'll do country, but let's get some 80s hair bands or something, and I am there. I'd go for Poison, but yeah. or Van Halen, although Van Halen's dead, but there's other Van Haleners. <laughs> so, hey, Karen, I got to tell you, um, switching subjects a little bit, tomorrow we have a drone coming to a farm and spraying fungicide on our oh. floor. So I'm going to take some video of that and hopefully share it on Twitter. We've never had um, a drone do it before, so we're doing that this year. David didn't tell me that. Is that who's bringing it in? Uh, no, it's FS. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Dang it. If I didn't have plans tomorrow, I would totally come up. Yeah. I have a couple farmers who use them um, that I know of, but they're a lot farther away. Um, I, can't, I, just, I just can't believe you can carry enough and get it done i just, that's fascinating i can't wait to see what you post kelsey yeah well but the thing is you get the timing when you want it you know you're not in line behind fifty thousand other acres waiting to have it happen um and you can also control it you know the time of day you just have a lot more control over it if you do yourself and honestly the drones are cheaper than you know buying a brand new rig ground rig 
So I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I am too. They were going to do it today. And then he called yesterday and said, actually, we'll do it Saturday. And I was like, well, that works even better for me. So um, I, I believe my dad told me they have two drones. They'll have like three or four guys there. I don't know. I, I, it's going to be rather interesting. I'm eager to see how long it takes. Also, tomorrow is supposed to be pretty hot. It's supposed to be the hottest day of the week. So, yeah, I guess that will be fun too. Yeah, and I kind of wonder what we need to adjust, you know, for that because obviously small droplets are going to evaporate faster in 90 mm-hmm. degrees heat. Um, but that's an issue, you know, regardless of whether it's going a spray plane or a, a ground rig. That can be an issue if you have fine droplets, but. I'll just say, please put together a nice little video that I can show in class. Okay, deal. I can do that. Because that'll be cool. Um, yeah. I don't, we don't, I don't think I have a spray drone. I have drones coming to class, but I don't have a spray drone. But you're, if your local FHAS has it, maybe I'll see what I can do for the class that way. I, I've been told it's a 20-foot boom, too. Well, I just saw on line today saying that the drone sprayers are getting bigger, and they were 20-gallon tanks with a 20-foot boom. So. Good grief. That sounds huge to, to just, I, 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 that blows my mind, honestly. Well, it's kind of just like an unmanned little. Yeah. I mean, but you think about it. I mean, they carry how many ton drones or how many ton bombs on these things in other countries? That's true. Yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way. And they've been working on the technology for quite a while. So it's, you know, it's bound to get better and cheaper. So Yeah, most definitely. But I worked on class materials yesterday, so thanks for bringing that up, Kelsey. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to do my Sandberg class here. We were wondering if maybe we should tell the neighbors that this huge <laughs> drone is going to be coming in and spraying, not to alarm them too much. Well, <laughs> probably tell the local law enforcement. <laughs> so when did you decide? Are you going to? I mean, that's I think that's a valid question. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think my dad was going to call and just say, hey, just FYI. This is happening. He was going to wait until he actually had time and right. date. Um, so, yeah, there's only two people around there. Um, one lives near the land, one's across the street. So I believe he was going to just call him up and just say, hey, just being a good neighbor. For um, sure. Which I think is always err on the side of doing that than just assume something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, there's some crazy people out there. You don't want them, you know, trying to shoot it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, might, that would be bad. They they um, told my dad the other day um, the drone actually um, a sensor fell off or something like that uh, in the corn, uh-huh. and they had to go retrieve it. And it was relatively easy to do because of the GPS. But still, the thought of going in the middle of the cornfield, going to go find it, oh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, especially depending how big that field was. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to post it on Twitter. So if anyone's interested, um, cool. you can find it there. Sorry if there's background. Right? The tennis courts are at the high school and I, it must be, I can't tell. I think it's the band, but it might be like, they appear to be cheering. So I can't really tell. Is it band camp at one time at band camp? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing I wanted to share today, so I posted this on Facebook the other day, and Karen, you were curious about it. It's not something I talk about very publicly. I don't know why. I guess it just doesn't come up, and I just don't talk about it too much, but maybe I've mentioned it once or twice. But um, So we're doing a celebration of life for my grandparents, 
and um, my grandfather passed away in 2018 and his wish was to do a joint celebration of life when my grandma passed away which I just think is the cutest thing ever like that's just so sweet and the neighbors down the road did it the same way so I think that's where he got the idea from and um, we're opening our tractor museum for people to come and look um, we we have about 40 restored Ford tractors um, in there and it really it really gets me thinking about I don't know if I call it a dying art um, we go to tractor shows with them and you look around the majority of the people that are involved are older like 55 60 plus um, you get a few young people like curious about it um, but the art of restoring a tractor or um, any piece of machinery or equipment for um, for term. I, I just wonder if that's going to eventually die off. Um, I can't restore a tractor. I could do it with someone, but I couldn't do it all by myself unless I probably YouTubed it or Googled it. Um, I think there's a lot of um, high school ag departments and FFA chapters that still try to restore something. Um, but that's the only place I know of outside of, you know, somebody just deciding to do it on their own. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and I also think about who collects things anymore, like, like, like that, <coughs> you know? Yeah. You don't hear of large collections. Or at least I don't. I don't know. 40. I didn't know you had 40. I knew that you guys like went to um, the half century progress and things yes. like that had that many. And when you put it on your post and called it a museum, I was like, whoa, this is a little bit more elaborate than I yes well we have quite a few rare pieces in there i think that's why i'm not too about it um because of that and it's not open to the public per se we do it like by appointment only um when the far progress show um is in well regardless of where it's at this year usually we get some international groups that know about it they'll come through we've had people from holland from norway sweden like up in there come and um tour it um, which has been cool. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something like that. And it makes me very proud that we have it and we're going to keep it and keep honoring his memory with it. Um, yeah. It just gets me thinking about, um, you know, collecting things like our FFA chapter does a toy show every year. And though, and that just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Um, yeah. In the nineties, those used to be huge and people would travel from all over. I mean, my high school had one too. And, we were those people who traveled all <laughs> over for toy shows. Do you still do it, Jen? Uh, no. We don't. You know, um, we we don't. Chris still has a pretty a pretty good collection, um, but uh, what kind of one of those things where the older you got, and then the pieces you needed were more expensive, and did you want to get rid of something, and then you know, kids kind of took over and. Well, other now things. you don't have to travel to a toy show. You can go on the internet and find mm-hmm. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're a Has Cole ever restored an older piece of equipment? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Cole has. He actually, he's restored quite a bit of stuff. He, um, he, he started off with a pedal tractor. He's restored a pedal tractor when he mm-hmm. was maybe 10. Um, and then we have, uh, we have a co-op. And a, uh, I don't even know what we have, a thirty twenty I think that they love, and we have a B, and um, what else do we have? We ha- we have a seven twenty and a corn picker. Hmm. Um, 
seems like we have something else, but I can't remember what else we have. Not a lot. And they're not pristine at all. I mean, you know, we've either worked on them or, um, you know, are in the process of working on them. I will, I will say, I heard this when we, we went to a tractor show in Penfield um, two weeks ago over by Rantoul. Um, and I overheard a gentleman saying, actually, nowadays, people are preferring all original rather than restored. If they can yeah. find something that's all original, that's very hard to do. But that's becoming more significant. Um, but do you think it's because they don't have the capability of storing it? Possibly. I mean, that would that would be me. Like, I don't I, I have my dad and my uncle who are very who, who are mechanics and can do things like that. I cannot. But I'm like, I love the history of it, you know, reading the history and um, learning all about that. We do have several tractors that are um, original. One we take with us quite a bit of places, um, but the re- majority of them are restored. My dad has an old Ford. I need to find out and ask him what it is and let you know. Mm-hmm. It's not restored. It's pretty old, but we've had it the whole time as long as I can remember. We do have a couple of John Deere's in there. I can't tell you what they are. Majority of it's Ford, um, but representing the old JD too. And we have a neighbor that had a ton of Alice Chalmers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of internationals. I I highly recommend if anyone has never been to the Half Century of Progress Iran Tool to go. It's every other year in August. It's Before Labor Day, I think it's it's not it's when the Farm Progress shows indicator that gives you a hint. So it's not this year, um, but, but quite part or side by side because it's a lot. Of yeah. yeah, and it's a working show, so they take old equipment and work them. I think that's so cool to see the old equipment out in um, plowing and disking, and they do have Fresh old stuff. combines out there um, picking. I think it's so cool to see all that emotion and still seeing them work. I think that's just the history nerd inside of me. So, I'm so, one of those people who likes, uh, Chris says, well-loved and used stuff. Like, he always liked the pristine stuff, you know, that was, you know, good paint. And I wanted something that had a little history and love to it. Like, a kid played with it. Like, that toy was loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm that way with the tractors, too. Like, they're like, oh, I, I don't want something that just sits in a shed and you know, never gets used or never, you know, it's just there to look at. I'm like, I want something that I know has had some history and, and did some work. And hey, Do you guys ever watch or follow like Machinery Pete or any of those auction houses? The, oh, the, the equipment nowadays is selling sky high. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, so are used cars. I mean, everything has a big price on it right now. Yeah. Homes. Yep, everything. It will be interesting to see how, the, when this bubble bursts and things shake out. You think Do that you bubble think will build? burst? Yeah. It'll burst at some point. I mean, I well, know. as far as the inflation and stuff, well, I hope it, it bursts at some point. <laughs> I don't think the land bubble will. No, that's a little bit higher. different, though. I mean, we can build new cars and build new houses, but yeah. I saw online a couple weeks ago, was it, it was like 80 acres, maybe somewhere in Iowa. Don't quote me on that, but it was selling for $30,000 an acre. Yeah. My jaw dropped to the floor. And sometimes it's investors and sometimes it's farmers, but you know, if you've been sitting 
waiting for that 80 next door to go up for sale your whole lifetime. I mean, some people are prepared. How do I find that guy and how do I marry him? (laughs) (laughs) You need some old money, not new money. (laughs) I'll take any money. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I'll take, I'll take dollar bills. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, anything else you guys got going on? Any information or new things? We haven't talked in a while. How, what's the, what's this heat doing with this pollination? Well, it's been a while since we've had pollination failures. Um, My concern right now is there seems to be a lot of insects out there. I know there's been spraying and soybeans done, but if you're looking at your, um, field you want to make sure that you don't have any insects that are clipping the silks to within a half an inch of the top of the husk and disrupting pollination um heat wise most places are sitting on good moisture although obviously every year there are the haves and have not so it's a little more disruptive for those that don't have enough moisture um but you know come monday we're going to start cooling off which uh, we have some storms this weekend and then monday is supposed to cool off and so that actually is more conducive to tar spot. People have been talking about it and worried about it for the last several weeks, but this heat kind of kept it at bay. But we're going to move into at least next week some time that's a little bit more conducive, um, an environment that's more conducive to the tar spot. So I'm a little concerned about that. Um, I've been looking at a lot of dicamba damage, which I'm tired of seeing. But <laughs> if you are restricted dicamba and your soybeans you should use those same rules in the corn so i um i haven't been out driving around a lot but i have not seen near the dicamba damage around here that we had for sure the last two years yeah it's uh there's pockets of where it got bad um the spraying of the late dicamba in the corn to pick up some stuff because other chemicals failed um on 90 degree days tend to move quite a bit um i mean i've seen where it completely killed rows of soybeans next to the corn. So had a little bit of vaporization, but we've had a lot of direct hits with as much wind as we had rain. Um, so that's a little disconcerting. I know Illinois has had several complaints, a lot of which were tree complaints, which, you know, it's one thing I think if another farmer beans, but we're at a whole nother level when it's the private citizens who are complaining about property damage. Yeah, and I was hoping say, we could alleviate the problem before it got to that. But unfortunately, right. that not to say we ha- we don't have any around here. Just to me, I have not seen the the large amount that we have had the past two years. Um, and that just may be because in your area they aren't spraying it. But I can tell you, I when I drove through, I went where was I? I was in um, I was north of West Lafayette. And I went west, coming back towards Illinois, and there was some areas that were pretty brutal in there. Yeah. yeah there's some counties in eastern Illinois and northern Illinois that are pretty sad looking. I watched uh, the video the other day. You guys ever catch Cup of Joe, which is a couple of um, employees at Mershman Seeds. They had interviewed a farmer in down by Cairo, Illinois, and he's down in a and they had 15,000 acres and all the farmers who farmed in that area got together, decided as a group what they were going to plant and what they were going to spray to make sure that they didn't damage each other. Wow. And yeah. it ended up that they went with Enlist and they decided they would only spray Liberty. 
and they did fine. But the dicamba rolled in from Missouri across the river and down. Oh my gosh! And so now they have fifteen thousand acres that is all pucked up. <gasps> oh no! Um, looks pretty brutal. So. If you guys have a chance, um, it's on YouTube. They, I think they post just about every week. But um, What's it called, Em? A Cup of Joe. And it's by Mershman Seeds. Holy crap. What that, oh. that would ultimately suck. I mean. Yeah, it was posted, I think, last week. Oh. But, yeah, it was interesting to listen to him. And, you know, I mean, he did everything. They all worked together. And they still couldn't control what came in from an area farther away. So. Yeah, you and I think that's a key lesson. You just you can't control everything. Yep. So it sucks, but you it's just not it's just not you can't. And so all right. Well, the tennis is over and we need to head to our next appointment for the day. So, I'm glad I actually showed up today and didn't go <laughs> off because I was, you know, had mom brain this time. So, hi Bristol. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, Sounds good. Go sell milkshakes at the county fair. So <laughs> have a great time. All right. Everybody have a good week.